Hello, working wife, happy life crew. So happy to be back with another episode of our podcast. For those of you that are moms, I hope you had a wonderful Mother's Day. And for those of you where Mother's Day is really tough, uh, maybe you've lost your mom, maybe you're disconnected from your mom, uh, maybe you're trying to become a mom, or maybe you've even decided you don't want to be a mom. All of those make this a really tough day. Uh, And just know that this community is here for you, whichever stage you are in. Now, I cannot believe it is mid-May. It's such a curious thing the way time is passing right now. Like March felt like it lasted forever and then April flew by and now all of a sudden we're in mid-May. Like how did that happen? One thing I read about this, and I'm not sure how true it is, I could have done some research to be more informed, but it's interesting nonetheless, is that when there's so much new information to make sense of and understand, time seems to pass slower because our brains are basically taking in all this new input and categorizing it and trying to make sense of it. But when things are routine or become more so routine, time actually seems to pass faster because we can compartmentalize the inputs better and it causes less strain. I was talking about this with my son yesterday on a bike ride and I was saying, well, maybe that's why, you know, when you go somewhere, it always seems so much longer to get there than it does on the drive back uh, or the bike ride back, as it were. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, Anyway, in today's episode, I had the honor of sitting with my friend Stacy Francis. Stacy is a nationally recognized financial expert who runs her own financial firm, Francis Financial, specializing in supporting women, particularly those in life transitions such as divorce, retirement, inheritance, and widowhood. Additionally, she founded the nonprofit Savvy Ladies, built to educate and empower women to take control of their finances. She's as smart and informed as she is lovely and practical, and every time I speak with her, I just feel better, and I cannot wait until I can see her in person again once everything gets back to normal. So for now, we'll take whatever we can get, including her incredible insights and a few barks from my dog uh, on the financial ups and downs and top tips to consider with your finances during these times. Enjoy my conversation with Stacy Francis. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us in what is such a crazy uh, period of life for everyone globally, incredibly. Um, and I'm so glad to see that you are doing well and you're home safe with your family. Uh, you have come in to speak to the Breadwinning Women's Group at Google um, and share tons of resources with us. Uh, so it was a totally natural outreach as we go through navigating this situation um, and even navigating how to bring this podcast back to life now that I'm not in the lovely studio uh, to reach out to you and see if you would share your expertise with our listeners. Um, so just to get them started, I would love if you could share a little bit about your company uh, that you founded, what you guys do, what you focus on, and your mission. That would be great. Wonderful. So uh, I actually started a charity as the first launch into this field called Savvy Ladies, which um, is needed now more than ever. It's really a focus uh, to help women 
get the information, the tools, the support they need to make great decisions with their finances and be financially secure, which we all need and we all deserve. Mm -hmm. Um, And shortly after I founded the charity, I realized very quickly that um, being a executive director of a charity was not going to be possible unless that charity actually had funding. So I launched Francis Financial, um, and that has become the love of my life as well. And it has a focus of working with women too, um, but more so helping them with planning uh, for and actually investing in the stock and the bond market, which, as you know, right now is quite a volatile time. Um, so we are wealth managers. Uh, we uh, specialize in financial planning, and we manage about three hundred fifty million dollars for about 150 clients. Um, And I have been really blessed to have both this charitable arm. um, Savvy Ladies is a 501c3 charity um, to work with all women. And and most of those women are definitely lower income, um, but also have a wonderful for-profit to help women as well who are typically navigating divorce Um, we work with also a lot of women whose husbands have unfortunately passed away. And, um, Mm. now in the present time, um, we're working with a good number of women whose husbands have passed away because of COVID. And it's, um, surprising for many of us to realize how young, um, this is hitting, uh, you know, we have women whose husbands were in their forties in their fifties. And so it's not just the older generation. Um, and so we've been very busy and it's been hard, um, definitely from an emotional point of view, but it also has been unbelievably gratifying to help in this very, very difficult time. Yeah. I mean, I think that it, it just hits home and it's hard not to be emotional about it, but when you're in the industry that you are, you need to actually act very quickly. You need to make decisions very quickly. And if you don't have the tools or the resources or even the wherewithal to to deal with it, to be able to turn to a, an institution like yours that is trusted, that is uh, empathetic and caring and specifically there to help women is a really meaningful part of, of that awful journey. Um, it, Tell me a little bit about Savvy Ladies in terms of what you do, you know, the types of programming and the types of services that that uh, that your nonprofit offers. Yeah, of course. Um, so Savvy Ladies uh, is, we, we've actually increased our programming by 500% during this time. And so we have um, uh, live sessions every day of the week, um, Monday through Friday. And it's everything from, you know, financial things you need to know about COVID to keeping your family safe to uh, what do you do if you're furloughed or you've, um, you know, you've lost your employment. Um, and we, we do that through live sessions, both through online uh, webinars, and then we also record them and turn them into TED Talk-like resources so that any topic you have a question about that even has the smallest financial tinge to it, it is there. So whether it's, um, you know, how to get back in the job force Mm -hmm. and negotiate your salary to how to rebalance my 401k and invest my money in one of the most volatile markets we've seen in decades. Um, All that information is there. 
And this piece that's most unique and most powerful about Savvy Ladies, Bethany, is that we also have individuals, certified financial planners, to work one-on-one with women free of charge. And that is the part that just makes my heart burst with warmth and pride because it's the only place women can go to to really bring it down to their reality. Yeah. I have written, you know, read articles, I've read books, I've seen seminars, I've done you know the whole shebang on finances, but often it's still but what does that mean for my situation? Mm-hmm. What does that mean for my situation? And there's no judgment. We are just there to support and help. And it's people who really want to make a difference. And so um, we have this wonderful helpline where women can reach out via email, via the internet, um, or a phone call. And we will match you with your ideal certified financial planner again to work free of charge. And um, something that's so needed, especially right now. Yeah, because it's not also just like a one issue thing, right? Like somebody will have either a change of life or a specific issue that has a bunch of nuances. So I, I find, and we talk about this a lot across the breadwinning women's community, that just the language around, that was somebody walking in my door, um, just the language around finance and as an industry is really intimidating. And it can get very overwhelming very quickly. Um, And just to have somebody kind of walk you through that and hold your hand, it sounds like this is what you do with Francis Financial as well, is really that partnership with somebody that's not intimidating, that understands the nuance, understands the emotion behind money, particularly for women. Um, And I think it's a really powerful uh, support that you're bringing to women. And is this just for women in New York or women in the U.S.? Kind of where does your jurisdiction lie? Great question. So Savvy Ladies, we are blessed um, that the women we work with are all over the country. And so we've always worked in the capacity in a virtual manner. Um, and we do have a few live events, but they're the definitely the exception. Um, and that's because so many women, um, you know, need the support and need this help. And so when we work with uh, an individual, we'll do it um, via phone. Um, we'll do it via Zoom uh, for that consultation. Often documents um, are shared, whether it's a credit score or it's a, you know, here's my outstanding credit card debt. This is what my 401k looks like. What do you think? Um, but it's a great forum, a great forum for any woman to mm-hmm. get more information. And um, I think what's really important is that it's for it's really for all women. And I started this charity because I truly believe that had there been a savvy ladies, my grandmother um, could have been in a better situation herself. And she found herself trapped in an abusive marriage. And the you know, financial reins were really controlled by my grandfather, and she felt um, really helpless, uninformed, um, really beaten down, and didn't have a place to go to get knowledge or support. And she admitted to me that she stayed in this marriage because of money. And it's not mm-hmm. that they had a lot; it's just that she felt she felt trapped. And my love letter to her is Savvy Ladies because she didn't. Um, she didn't 
get out of the marriage alive, unfortunately. And um, it really goes to show that money can be such a such a powerful force for good. It can be such a powerful force that can have negative consequences. And so the more we learn about money, the more empowered and knowledgeable we are about our personal situation, the more options we have, the safer we'll be, the more financially secure we will be. And we see, especially in times like now with a pandemic where there's so much out of our control. Um, mm-hmm. What we can control is how we feed our brain and how we nourish ourselves with getting more visibility, more control, more knowledge about our financial situation. Yeah. It's, first of all, I, the story, and, and I've heard you share it before with your grandmother, just shows why you bring so much heart and, and you know, personal connection to what you do, which again, it's an industry where there's not a lot of that. It's very cold. It's very transactional. It's intimidating. And it's, it's not necessarily always reflective of, you know, kind of what emotionally is driving these decisions in your lifetime, right? It, it just doesn't have that connotation to it, which is why I love what you do so much, because I think you do a, a ton of outreach and a ton of programming, um, but you also bring this perspective to it. And, you know, I think certainly now, I'm so curious to see the data and the, you know, societal studies that come out of this, because I do, we we know, as you and I have discussed many times, that the there is a rise in breadwinning women. Um, I think we are probably seeing a lot more women who are breadwinners now, given all of the um, unemployment claims. Um, you know, I think you're unfortunately seeing a lot more widows now um, at a younger age than they may have expected, particularly yeah. since, um, at least in the U.S., COVID is impacting men more than women. Um, from a death rate. So um, what are some of your thoughts on some of the shifts or some of the needs that might come out of this uh, as more women kind of find themselves in these roles? Yeah, it's really an, a, a difficult time, I think, even more so for women, because women, um, as breadwinners, we often are confronted with making sure that our salaries stay in, you know, that we're earning our salaries, that we have job security, that we're, you know, at our computers and, you know, we're available when we need to be available. Um, But yet now we're having to also balance potentially remote learning with children. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever done so many dishes, so much laundry and prepared (laughs) so many meals in my entire life. And Why is there still so much laundry? No one's leaving the house. I don't I understand it. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, and what ends up happening, it's like a pressure cooker. You keep on you know, heating that bottom of that pressure cooker and the pressure increases, increases, increases. And that's what we're seeing for women, even happily married women. Um, right. What we do still find is that the differential between household chores, women, breadwinning women too, tend to be the ones who are still doing the majority. And so um, the conflict or challenges that couples are facing, they're being definitely um, exacerbated Mm -hmm. by this, but they're also being exacerbated because there's more financial pressure. 
even if you both have jobs, even if you have a job that is secure, you're feeling it many different ways. And you're feeling it from most likely you will not get the bonus that you expected. Mm -hmm. Um, Most likely your investments that you've worked tirelessly to build over your entire lifetime have dropped in value significantly. Mm -hmm. And on top of it, you feel often trapped in a house that maybe you have a backyard, maybe you don't, but you have all these different factors and, um, you know, you shake it up and it can create a lot of conflict. And so what is really important, uh, is to, to, to be really clear about what are the financial moves you have control over right now that will help you feel more comfortable, more confident, and long-term more financially secure. And so there are a lot of things you can do. And this is whether you have the same salary or you don't, whether you're unemployed or not, um, but getting control of your spending, that is the number one thing. And Bethany, one of the first things that I know I did that I was so happy to do was I went and got one of the my credit card statements and I went through line item by line item just to double check and get a clear picture of what is my spending right now. My spending right now is different than it was a year ago. Your spending is different. And I can guarantee that every single person who's listening right now, her spending is different. And it doesn't mean that it's good or bad, but taking a look at it. And one of the things I have found is that I now can live on so much less Hmm. than I thought I needed even three months ago. Mm -hmm. The Starbucks, the going out to eat, the manicures, the facials, the, you know, things that actually are impossible at this time. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very, um, it's a wonderful opportunity to really think about what's important to you and where the areas that you spend your money on that you need to have as we continue out of this situation. Because um, you're, re- you're resetting all your habits, right? You're resetting so things, everything. whether it was, you know, going out to dinner or, you know, little shopping things or, or any type of extracurriculars that maybe didn't bring you as much joy, but were more just typical part of your routine has now that cycle's been broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're able to much more conscientiously build it back up is yeah. I think what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, having a real conscious, uh, you know, process to, as you come out of this, as you know, the world starts to open up, what, what do I want my spending to look like? What's important to me? And I have to say, even with my children, so the number of extracurricular activities that we don't have now, right? There's mm-hmm. no, there's no soccer, there's no martial arts. Um, you know, my kids are happy. And to be honest, they're enjoying not being scheduled, mm-hmm. you know, beyond, beyond. And so that's been a really helpful thing for me too, to even see with my children, do we need to be spending, you know, $1,200 per semester for, you know, XYZ club. Um, and so that's been interesting for, for all of us. So something that anyone can do 
regardless of their situation, is is to take some time to reflect to see mm-hmm. what you're spending now and um, what you want that to look like. And part of the process also is trying to build your emergency fund. So if you have been able to reduce your spending, which the majority of us have been forced to, and you still have the same income coming in, um, there is no excuse. And your number one priority is to start to build up some of those cash reserves. And that's anywhere from three to six months of your living expenses that you should have to decide. And it's key. It's important. Cash is what allows you to have opportunities and not be stressed about what's going on in the stock market. Mm -hmm. The only reason someone should be stressed about seeing their 401k going up or down or their IRA going up or down is if they might be forced into a corner and have to take money from it. God forbid you would never want to have to do that, but that should be the only reason you are worried about that. For most of us, this money is for 10, 20, even 30 years down the line. So we shouldn't have to really worry too much about the day-to-day fluctuations. It's only those people that have not been able to save into an emergency fund that maybe have maxed out their credit cards and are finding themselves in a corner having to potentially dip into their retirement. Or it could be someone who is retiring in a couple of years um, where they too have good reason to be worried. Right. That's I, I remember that from 2008, to be honest, that it was I felt very fortunate because my parents were just retiring at that time. And so they saw their investments go down significantly. It was a very stressful event for them. And so it gave me that perspective 10, 12 years ago of, okay, well, I'm actually young enough. I can ride this out. But you're saying if you are getting up until that age, that's you know obviously a concern. We can talk about that in a little bit. Um, or also if you don't have those cash reserves. And as you were talking about martial arts or you're talking about Uh, soccer clinics, you know, there's a lot of business owners there that also had to save for that rainy day that may be dipping into these funds. Are are there programs, because I I had read that there were some programs that maybe would relieve some of the um, penalties for withdrawing from that. Is that something that you've studied up on or? Yes. So there, through the CARES Act, um, there are some great resources. Um, First, if you have your 401k, at work before you could take a loan of 50,000, they upped it to 100,000. And um, that is often a good resource to be able to get that fast cash. You're not taxed on it. Um, They have a longer period that you have to pay it back and essentially you're paying it back to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a great resource for you. Um, You also are able to take money out of an IRA And that IRA, you can take up to $100,000 out of that IRA. Um, You are able to then pay it back over a three-year time period and not have to pay taxes on it during that time until that third year. So there are all these kind of safe harbors in. Um, You know, any financial planner will say, try not to touch your retirement. Um, What's important to do, in in addition to looking at that, if you are a business owner, um, there are a few programs. The first one is the Paycheck Protection Program. Um, Through Savvy Ladies and through Francis Financial, we've helped our clients fill out dozens of applications. Um, Time is of the essence to get your application in. um, Mm -hmm. And 
what's unique about this is that the quote-unquote loan through the Paycheck Protection Program, or also called the PPP program, um, is actually forgiven. It's turned into a grant if you use the money for qualifying expenses, such as um, if 75% goes to paying payroll and 25%, up to 25% can go towards rent and utilities. And what they'll do is they'll look at how many people did you employ back in February 2020? And how many do you employ? And they have a date in, in June that they'll look at that number. And if you meet the criteria, you haven't let anyone go, or you've got the, at least the same number of payrolled people, and you hit all those other check marks, then most likely that will actually be a loan that's turned into a grant and it's forgiven. Um, there's also the emergency disaster loan, and uh, you can take that loan the first $10,000 is a, uh, a stipend, a credit, free money in your pocket. And so what we've seen is a good number of people just do the 10000 And that's something that you can do right on the SBA, um, Small Business Association website. It takes, I think, maybe 10 minutes to fill it out. It's very oh, wow. simple. Um, the Paycheck Protection Program, the first program I talked about, is a little different. It is through the SBA, the Small Business Association but the way you do it is through your local bank. And so anywhere that you might have a checking account or a savings account relationship, you'll reach out to your banker and you can submit the application through them. And so okay. there are two different great programs. Also, um, you know, depending on the states where you are listening to this, there are often a lot of um, state grant programs. So you can just go on and do, you know, free money for, New York business owners. Um, the other thing that I've seen that's really powerful is there are um, large companies that are doing grants of 5,000, 10,000 to uh, individual business owners. And so you fill out mm -hmm. an application. I looked at one for a client and it takes all of uh, eight minutes to fill it out. And for this one, you have to be either a woman or a minority and in New York. and a lot of people click, click, click that. So what there really, are a lot of programs. Yeah, there are a lot of programs and resources and you can find out about them either by contacting um, myself or you can contact your financial advisor. Um, accountants should also know this information too, to be able to help you and kind of shepherd you through the process. That's great. So there's definitely people that help you so you don't get overwhelmed and get further into despair, really. Exactly. What are some things, so what are some strategies that you're employing in terms, you, you talked about, you know, analyzing your savings um, or your spending habits and, uh, you know, ideally getting your savings to make sure you do have that emergency fund if you didn't have it before. Uh, what are some other key tips in terms of, you know, navigating this crisis, whether it's rebalancing a 401k or thinking about investments any differently or um, anything else that you've found that has been really resonating with, with your clients? You know, for, for, for individuals, um, you know, the, your 401k is a great resource. And if you're not going to be touching this money for another 10, 20 years plus, um, what we're telling people is to actually increase, if possible, their employee contribution. So you often are able to say, put you know three percent of my income in 
um, every single paycheck. And what we're having our clients do is to up that number. So they're going to be done with their contributions by August. But what the benefit and the blessing is, is that every dollar they're putting in because the stock market has fallen is buying more. Mm. And so when the market does rebound, which it will, it will rebound, um, they will be able to benefit handsomely. So um, if you have an emergency fund set, if you have no credit card debt, you're in a fi- you know sound financial position, then what I would do is definitely because we all have extra money right now um, that we're not potentially spending. Again, these are the people that knock on wood less have their jobs and are not business owners. Um, if you're one of those people that has extra money because their expenses have gone down, this is the perfect time to supercharge your 401k savings. Um, and also, you know, potentially rebalancing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who was 60% stock and 40% bonds very well might all of a sudden be 50% stock and 50% bonds because their stocks have gone down in value compared to their bonds. Now, if you need your money in a few years, in two, three, or four years, rebalancing right now may not be the right thing because those stocks are going to continue to go up and down, and it might be better to have only 50% stocks than 60 before. But if, again, you're a long-term investor, take this as an opportunity to do what we call of buy low and sell high. Essentially Mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're taking that, what was 10%, you know, that extra 10% that's now in bonds and putting it back into stocks and buying at very low prices. Um, You know, we do have people say that, you know, we're in a recession. Why would you do that? Um, And depending on the the agency, um, you know, it it, it most likely is true that we are in a recession. Unfortunately, when you call that you're in a recession, it's it's you, it's already happened. The data that shows you're in a recession shows that you've been in a recession. Oh, um, interesting. But what I have to say, and what's important to know, is that the average recession in history has only lasted 11 months. Huh. A recession is not as catastrophic as sometimes we make it out to be, and if anything a recession is somewhat healthy. It's kind of like you go out one day and it's beautiful and sunny and you celebrate, you go out another day and it's raining. Well, what would the world look like if we didn't have those days where it was raining, right? So it's the same thing also with the the stock market. And again, if you're a long-term investor, the best thing to do is to embrace that, not worry about whether the market's going up and down and just keep on putting money in, making those good decisions. And that's so interesting. I had never heard that about a recession actually being only being able to be called after you've been in it. Um, When we hear the word depression coming out, like in financial terms, what is the difference? What does it mean? Um, So a depression is uh, significantly uh, much greater than we're seeing now losses and prolonged time period. Um, when you say that word depression, the first thought that people think about is the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, could we go back to something like that? Of course, we could do anything and anything could happen. But um, 
the same principle for getting through a depression is the same principles that would get us through uh, a severe recession or a light recession. And when I say severe means um, something that's more prolonged and a light recession or a shallow recession would be more of a quick uh, bounce back. There is definite um, debate about what ours is going to look like mm-hmm. and how quickly we're going to bounce back. Um, but most important, again, cash is king in the sense, and I'm not saying cash in your 401k. I'm saying okay. cash in your emergency fund because that's something you can fall back on. Mm-hmm. Making sure that your credit cards are paid down, again, really important. And that you continue the process of putting money away for the future and continuing to do it ongoing. Because the benefit of stocks going down is that for every dollar you're investing in the stock market, it's buying more ownership of stocks. It's like everything's on sale. And I know for me, my favorite thing, I love to shop at Ann Taylor, but I love it even better when they have their annual sale. Because I get the same quality suits, the same quality everything for sometimes 50% or even 75% off. And I feel really good about it. And again, us long-term investors, that's what the opportunity is right now. Yeah. And how do you think about such valuable advice? And it's, it's helpful to think, you know, in those terms, if, if I were, so if I were to say, go into my 401k and dial up, um, do you, you know, dial up contributions or something? Do you, I mean, you much must watch the stock market every day. And there's been days where I feel like it goes up and no one knows why. (laughs) It's like you have those moments where you're like, what is happening? There's no good news. And somehow we're having like a little rally. And it just seems like it's so reactive on non-news. I feel like the stock market needs either Xanax or Prozac or something. Um, well, like a, it needs a pause. It needs. Yeah, to just I agree. I agree. It minute. needs to yeah. like like take a take a take a break here. Um, yeah. You know, understanding why the market's doing X or you know or zigging and why it's zagging. Um, you know, I compare the market to a teenager, and I have one of those, so I get to experience teenager behavior, uh, both in my daily job, watching the market and studying the market, as well as like, you know, when I'm done with my job. And sometimes my son does not make sense. He just really does not make sense to me. And I will tell you, sometimes, Bethany, the market really does not make sense. Um, And what I would say the most important thing to do is to not watch it every day. And I have to be careful with my own behavior and I'm going to be completely vulnerable and share with you that I have strict protocols about how I get my information and how much of my day is dialed in straight into the market. Because what ends up happening is that my amygdala, which is the flight or flight the fight or flight um, area of your brain, Mm-hmm. The very prehistoric that responds to danger, that gets triggered. Whenever you see a financial loss, that is the part of your brain that gets triggered. And it's the emotional center, and it's also one of the most uh, significant parts of your brain. So much so that it can override your logical thinking 
which mm. is in the front of your brain called the prefrontal cortex. And if you kind of think about it as a freeway, that throughout the day, there's communication between your amygdala and your prefrontal cortex, the emotional and the logical, emotional, logical, and they're communicating and they're doing really well together. But when you see losses in your portfolio, the amygdala gets fired and it's called an amygdala hijack. And what ends up is it ends up hijacking the thoughts and you don't get that back and forth. It now becomes a traffic jam mm. and you're only getting that. And so what we're seeing investors who are watching the market daily, who are looking at their portfolio data daily, that are watching CNBC, reading CNN, that the amount of input, negative input, the, the what is perceived as danger goes through the roof mm -hmm. and their thinking is no longer clear. Mm. They're no longer clear. And um, interesting. So I have some very strict protocols of I look at the beginning of the day. I look at, you know, at the end where we are on the weekends, there is a no news ban uh, in our house. You are not allowed to watch any news whatsoever in our house. And then Monday morning I log in and I get started again. And that has been wonderful for keeping a clear head mm -hmm. and being able to be rational in a time when it's very difficult with all the news that's being bombarded. I love I love the discipline that you have. And I think it is really important. I, I've noticed myself even with the news cycles is that I can't, you know, in addition to financial news, the, the world news, I just can't do it anymore. It's too, I need to I want to know what's going on whether it's, you know, reading a couple headlines in the morning, but when you're bombarded with it all the time, it does have a big physiological uh impact on you and if you couple that with a rainy day, it's just, you know, it can be pretty dramatic. It can be, over thing, it can be too much. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah. I had the same reaction when I was at the grocery store the first time they stocked paper towels and toilet paper. I literally burst into tears. You know, all of a sudden it went from the most mundane, you know, day-to-day -day tasks of running to the store for toilet paper became an impossible task to the point where, you know, it used to be, oh, they don't have my brand. And then all of a sudden they stock with one brand. You don't give a shit what it is. Just I need some toilet paper. You know, it really had such a huge impact on um, my psyche. And, yeah. and, and I'm sure, and that's just an exact you know, example of what you just described in terms of how your brain reacts. Um, listen, I want to be respectful of your time. You have shared so many fantastic tips, both from financial strategy planning for, you know, immediate as well as the future. Um, some incredible resources for our listeners to find access to information. Um, you are always just such a plethora of, of candid and pragmatic advice, and I love it. Is there anything else that you would like to share in terms of, uh, you know, anything that you're seeing or that you've, you've been aware of lately? Um, the one thing I would say and is that right now what we are seeing is a lot of people are um, financially paralyzed. Um, they have a lot of fear, uh, understandably, a lot of anxiety, understandably. And, uh, the one thing I would say is to, to reach out and know that a number one, you're not alone and don't judge yourself for whatever situation you are in. We are, you know, 
many times in a situation like now, we look back and say, we should not have taken that two week vacation to Europe last year. What was I thinking? Or, you know, I should have taken that job that paid more, but I knew I was going to hate. This is not the time for judgment. You lived your mm-hmm. life. We, we, we need to live our life in the now and celebrate whatever decisions they were in the past and just do what we can to keep ourselves financially safe and secure. And one of the biggest pieces is reaching out, whether that you have a financial advisor, um, maybe you don't and you want to get a financial advisor and starting that search or reaching out to savvy ladies and being able to start to educate yourself about some of these really important topics. Um, you know, just as for many of us, our kids are doing remote learning and mm-hmm. they're continuing with their schooling and education. Um, it's really important for us that we continue also getting our finances in order and trying to make that our, our situation as as safe and secure as possible. Yep. And, and if obviously for the necessity that that money is, um, but also for that peace of mind and the calm that it can bring to you. Um, all right. Well, we will share all of your information um, just to to get in touch with Savvy Ladies. Is it SavvyLadies.com? Um, dot org. Um, org. Yep. Sorry, so Savvy, yep. It's Savvy, S-A-V-V-Y-L-A-D-I-E-S.org. And you can go right on the uh, homepage. We actually have a COVID emergency page. Uh, so whatever financial situation you are facing, we have great resources for you there. And if someone is looking for um, something a little different and a one-on-one financial advisor for wealth management and financial planning, um, our website is www.francisfinancial.com. That is so wonderful. Thank you for everything you are doing for women and how incredibly you've been able to pivot your business to be a resource to women across New York and across the country, uh, particularly in this time. It's such a gift, Stacey. Thank you. Well, big hugs. And thank you for doing this too. Oh, it's my pleasure. Don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. And please leave a review to give us direct feedback and also to get the podcast in front of more eyes. It's very much appreciated. Do I keep going?